Shabbat Shalom. It's so good to see everyone. You know, we talked about canceling our service, and I thought, no, it's going to be 40 degrees, not going to cancel. Might have some rain. So here we are in a snowstorm, right? Uh, but it should melt pretty quick. I, I'm not worried, but thank you for coming out in spite of that. So uh, praise God. It's good to be here. I have a message I want, I've entitled, um, Called to be Holy. Called to be Holy. So holiness is a concept of being set apart from others in a way that makes you markedly distinct. It relates to our lifestyle in both our physical realm as well as our spiritual realm. We are to be different than the people of this world, and that's not popular. But we're called to be different. Why? Because our Father in heaven has called us to be like Him, and He is holy. The big question is, is what does it mean to be holy? What would it look like? How do we become holy? So we'll dive into this today and hopefully find some answers. Holiness is a beautiful thing. It's filled with wonder and intrigue. It's what God has called us to enter into and to be. So let's start with definitions. The Hebrew word holy, kadosh, simply means to be sacred or consecrated. Again, to be set apart and dedicated to God. By extension, it means to be pure and innocent or free from impurity. The noun actually is related to us, the people of God. We are called a holy people. Saints, which is the translation of the word holy into English, or the concept of holiness as it relates to people. It's a title of God. He is the Holy One. This is a focus, of course, on God as being unique and holy other than any other thing or being. Holiness originates and comes from God, and He alone possesses it. Psalm 86.8 There is no one like you among the gods. Interesting, huh? There's no one like you among the Elohim. Among all the spiritual beings in the heavenlies, none of them are like you. You are in contrast or contradistinction to all other heavenly beings. Other gods, they have their own forms of holiness counterfeit forms of holiness, different from what God is when he is described as holy. What about us? What about us? Are we holy? And holy unto what? Separated unto whom, right? Because that's the follow-up question. To what God are we identifying with? Separated unto, becoming like, because whatever our focus and attention is to whatever spiritual being, we're going to become like that spiritual being. We're called to be holy 
unto the Lord. Or maybe we're just not unholy, or maybe we're just, just holy to any God. Maybe we're not holy at all. You know, you can live a life not connected to any higher power. You're kind of holy unto yourself, right? You just kind of live life on your own terms. That's what we would call a common life or a common person. Or you live just like everyone else lives in this world. Self-absorbed, proud, greedy, pleasure-seeking, power-hungry, jealous, envious, impure, perverted, defiled. It's just the way of the world. And that's just to name a few earmarks of the antithesis to holiness, or the antithesis to holiness. So the Jewish apostle Peter has this to say about our call to be holy like our Father in heaven is holy. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. It states this, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. And the therefore there is connected to what Peter's already been talking about. He's been talking about this great salvation that we have in the Messiah, how we become the children of God, how we come under the rule and reign of God, how we're called to be holy like. He says, therefore, based on this great salvation, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. First thing he says is, prepare your minds for action. Why does he say that? What does our mental state have to do with holiness, right? Paul says this in Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your body as a living and holy sacrifice, an alive, holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul picks up this idea as well. That something has to do with our minds when it relates to holiness. That transformation starts in the mind. That we have to actually kind of recalibrate how we think and what we think. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. We must change the way we think. We are preconditioned in, in what we think and how we think. From the time we're little, we're preconditioned. When you think about the power of media, right? The things we watch especially growing up, social media, the things we view on TikTok, all of that has an impact in shaping how we think, shaping our ideas about the world we live in, who we are, who God is. All of that is preconditioning us. And what we think and how we think is going to determine who we are and our life experiences. We must change the way we think. Thoughts that we embrace lead to actions. And actions reinforce thoughts. It's amazing how that works. Which lead to behaviors, habits, a way of life. Peter says, hey, now that you're born again, 
You're part of another realm, the kingdom of heaven. You can no longer live the way you've always lived. Think the way you've always thought. It's time to change and become like your Father in heaven. And we do that, of course, by renewing our mind. In fact, by renewing our mind, we can remake who we are. We can recreate ourselves, so to speak. This is what we call transformation. So what are we putting in our minds? Think about that. What do you put in your mind all week long? What are you putting in? Even if it's passive, sitting in front of the TV, watching a sitcom, right? You just think, well, I'm just watching this great television series or whatever, you know? Think about what's in it. What are they selling? What are they projecting? What are the values in that? Because as you sit and watch that, that comes into your mind. That, that preconditions even what you think that sways and influences what you think. And ultimately, as you embrace that, it will give rise to action and behavior. It has a big impact on how you view yourself in the world that you live in. I think of all the worldly movies the sitcoms, with all the negativity. And, and not all of it's bad. Of course not. I've, most of it is. It's getting worse and worse as time goes on, right? I can't even watch Disney anymore. I used to watch Disney. I'm 65, so I used to watch it when Walt was the CEO, you know? And I mean, it was like so clean and wholesome. It was stories of the dog chasing you know, the deer around on the farm, and, you know, it's just like unbelievable what they're doing today. The agenda, the politicizing of, of, of children's stuff, it's just crazy. All the sensuality, all the immorality, all the perversions that are now part of all of the major motion pictures and sitcoms social media and how destructive that is, how negative that is, how many, how many young people are bullied, how many young people are oppressed and just, just filled with anxiety due to what's going on on all of their social media platforms. It's horrible. And then we have pornography. And how many people are trapped in that, governed by that, filled with guilt and shame and defilement, crying for a way out, desperate to get free. This is the world trying to make its claim, trying to hold you and me and say, no, you'll, you'll reflect my values. I'm here to say we're not of this world anymore. We're born again, born from above. We're now a part of a different realm, the realm of our Father in heaven. And so now we're breaking free of all that. And we're becoming, becoming like our Father in heaven. 1 John chapter 2, John puts it this way. Don't love the world and what it offers. Those who love the world don't have the Father's love in them. You, you know, young growing up, you know, I'd look at the world and what it offers, and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, like I want some of this stuff. You know, this is important. I blink a couple times and I'm 65 and I'm thinking, where did life go? It's so short. 
I'm seeing people around me, you know, dying now. I used to go to weddings, and now I go to funerals, you know? And I'm up on deck, you know? I'd like, my age group is the next one that's on deck that will be passing. And I'm thinking, where did life go so quick? The world offers nothing. All that it offers is, is here dang on tomorrow anyway. And you don't take any of it with you. Why would we allow the world to seduce us with what it offers? It's transitory. It doesn't meet any needs. And in the end, we have none of it. Not everything that the world offers, physical gratification, greed, extravagant lifestyles, comes from the Father. It comes from the world. And the world and its evil desires are passing away. But the person who does what God wants lives forever. Being 65 has its advantages. I got to watch all of those of my era in the strength of their prime years. Grow old like me. I'm looking at all these beautiful, you know, what our world projects in terms of image and, and all of that, right? It's like no matter how much money they spend with facelifts and other lifts and all the hair plugs, and, you know, they just after a while, they, they can't beat it. They're going to lose what they, what they grasp for. They cannot have. And in the end, they take none of it with them. Even the billionaires, they leave penniless, just like they came into this world. So why would we clamor for that? It's an illusion when you think in terms of time, you never really have it. The world and its evil desires are passing away, but the person who does what God wants lives forever you are destined for glory in messiah you are eternal think about this god is for you god loves you he is working with you for your best for your good and you will live forever in Messiah, you're born again. You're a spiritual being. And by His grace and through His Spirit, this process of holiness has already begun in you. That beautiful thing that we call holy, sacred, that's who you are. You're holy. You're sacred. You're a child of God. Regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your brokenness, Regardless of your sin and shame, He has saved you. He has justified you. He has forgiven you. You are bound for eternity. It's who you are. We just got to get our heads on straight. We just got to learn to put His word and His ways in our minds. Learn to think the way He thinks. Meditate on His values. His ways. In doing so, we'll begin to see our own lives transformed before our very eyes. I'm not who I used to be. 
the track I was on would have led me to prison. I was already doing things that could have got me in prison. And the nature of sin is that you go deeper and deeper and deeper. It's not static. It's dynamic. I would have been in prison had I not found Jesus. And in finding Jesus to turn my life 180 degrees the other direction, I'm a senior pastor of a church. I used to be, I don't even want to say, but I was not a good guy. I had a lot of darkness in me, a lot of violence in me, a lot of immorality. I was ashamed of who I was. And he gave me beauty for my ashes, just like you. Changed my life just like you. And now I'm living the dream just like you. The dream of a forever life, of being loved by God, being accepted by God. Of having an everlasting supply of bandages for any wounds I might sustain. To put it theologically, more grace than I could ever need in my own struggle with sin. Amazing grace, how sweet this sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found, right? So, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 15 goes on to say, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all of your behavior. You know, before I get there, I, I, I want to come back to this idea of, of our minds and, and, and you know, we really need to spend time in the Word. How much time do we spend on social media? How much time do we spend with cable TV or whatever? How much time do we spend in the Word? If we're experiencing a lack of transformation, it's because of the time we spend or the lack of time we spend in the Word. It really is. If we tone down the social media, if we tone down how much we watch on TV and what we view, right? And, and, and shuffle that over to time spent in his word, oh my gosh, the transformation just climbs dramatically. It changes you for the good. It's an amazing journey. I can't encourage us enough to spend more time in devotion, in the word, in things that are wholesome. It's absolutely life-changing. When I stand in front of the mirror every day, I speak to myself. I like to speak to myself. I speak the word over myself. I told myself this morning, I love you, bro. I know that sounds corny. I know that sounds, but you know what? There were many, many, many years of my life that I didn't like myself. I stood in front of the mirror and I didn't like myself. I didn't like who I was. And it was painful. I've learned in Christ to love myself, to forgive myself. Some of you need to do that. You need to look in the mirror and say, you're a child of God. Put your head up. Quit. What, what is your deal? You're forgiven. God loves you. He's for you. Seize the day. Look for the miracle that's coming your way. Because your Father in heaven is a God of miracles. Get in front of the mirror. Talk to yourself. Let your own ears hear the word spoken eyeball to eyeball with yourself. I love it. I do that quite a bit. 
I'm becoming my best friend. Goes on to say, but like the Holy One who called you, behold yourself in all of your behavior. Be like your Father in heaven. Yes, it's a process. Five steps forward, three steps backwards. It's okay. It takes time to grow into holiness. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. When you were born, you were an infant. What did you think you did in your diapers every day? That's what infants do. And that's okay when you're an infant. But then you grow. You come to that toddler phase. And then finally to that child phase and adolescent, young adult. Blink a couple times and a glorious, wise, senior sage. That's the same thing that happens when you get born again. When you get born again, you're like an infant. You're just learning to relate to God. You're just learning how to receive His grace. You're just learning about His ways. So it's okay. Give yourself time to grow. Know that it's His work in you. This holiness thing is already at work in you. It's the Spirit of God in you, tugging at your heart, calling out your name, wounding you to the Word, right? It's already at work. Submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. You know, the adjective, the qualifier of spirit in the, in the biblical text is holy. That's the number one qualifier. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in you is making you and me holy. And it's a beautiful thing. The spirit of the world is ugly and defiling. It's filled with judgment and condemnation. The Spirit of God is exactly the opposite. Full of grace, full of love, nurturing. Always there to encourage us. We just need to just relax and submit to the Holy Spirit and allow the grace of God to work its ways through our mind and hearts and our lifestyle. God has a way of living that is fundamentally different than the way the world lives. He has different views on everything. Our job is to find out His ways, because that's what He's called us to. He has totally different ideas about sex and gender, marriage and family, education and business, art, entertainment, media, finances. He has a lot to say about finances. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of, not money itself. Solomon said money answereth all things. We need money. And God has something to say about that. He knows we need money. And if you want to build wealth, true wealth, he has a lot to say about that. We just have to reorient our thinking about what he says about wealth versus what the world says about wealth. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so his thoughts are above ours. They're counterintuitive. You will not figure it out on your own. you got to go read his word to discover his ideas, and they're always shocking at first. But for his children, by his grace and spirit, we can embrace his ways and experience that transformation 
as we come into alignment with holiness. Now, because he's called us to be different from the world, and oftentimes that is polar opposite, the world is going to hate us. The world will hate you. You will be persecuted by the world. Now, if you're trying to judge the world, then some of that persecution is well-deserved. But if you're just simply living for the glory of the Father, you'll experience persecution because the world doesn't like anyone who departs from it. It views it as being disloyal. 1 Peter 1.16 We're to be holy in all of our behavior. Why? Because it is written, You shall be holy for I am holy. He moves to a command phase. Woos us and then just cuts to the straight and says, You shall be holy because I'm holy. Hey kids, I want you to be like your father in heaven. I'm holy, therefore you shall be holy. It's a command. We need to just submit to the command, embrace the command, and allow the Spirit of God to bring that to pass. You may have been saved in Egypt, but you must come out and into the promised land of the promises of God and a life that's filled with wonder and beauty. You cannot live a successful life in Egypt. You'll never be a successful sinner ever again. You're born again. The Spirit of God is at work in you. Come out of her, my people. That's the final message of the final angel right before the Lord comes. One last final call. Come out of her, my people. Be holy like your Father in heaven is holy. This is a direct quote from the Torah, by the way. He's not only speaking to Jewish believers, he's speaking to Gentile believers as well. He's saying to all the children of God, whether you're Jewish or Gentile, to be holy like God is holy. It's who we are now. By His grace and by His Spirit, we will become holy. And there's no condemnation over us. Just the love of God propelling us in our own exodus from our dominions of darkness. The quote comes from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2. He says, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for the Lord your God am holy. Underline your. The Lord, your God. He's your God. If you're born again, he's your God. And your God is saying, be holy for I am holy. Verse 26 of Leviticus chapter 20, thus you are to be holy to me for I, the Lord, am holy and I have set you apart from the peoples to be mine. God says you're now my people. In contrast to all the other people groups, Around the globe, you're mine, and I'm yours. You're mine, and I'm yours. You belong to me, and I belong to you. So there's this thing going on between God and his people, right? It's beautiful and wonderful. And because we are a part of who he is, he calls us to live different than all the other peoples of the earth. And that is the beauty and the wonder 
of being holy unto the Lord. You are a child of God. He boasts about you in the heavenlies. Like every good father, he boasts about his children. That means there are times that he's actually boasting about you. And he did that with Job. With Job. Remember Job? He's like, hey, Satan, have you like considered my son Job? Job, I mean, this guy's like a mensch. He says wonderful and beautiful things about you to his angels in heaven. You are valuable. You are loved. You are a part of who he is. Yes, you with all of your hangups, you are loved and cherished by your Father in heaven. If God is for you, who can stand against you, right? There's no powers. There's no forces that can keep you from becoming holy like him. Doesn't matter what you struggle with. Well, I'm addicted to this or I'm addicted to that. You know, there's no way out. That's the very definition of addiction. It's impossible to be free. With God, all things are possible. He's the God of the impossible. And you will never live successfully addicted because the work of the Spirit of God in you is going to free you from that addiction. His call is a call to liberty and freedom, to love and happiness. That is who He is, and that's the work He does within us. It's His grace. Your breakthroughs are coming. Your breakthroughs are coming. More transformation is coming. More freedom is coming. More glory is coming. Are you ready for it? Do you believe that? Have you lost your hope that God is at work in you? Have you come to a place where you're so discouraged that you think he's not going to finish what he started in you? People, wake up. Believe. All things are possible to those who believe. God is for you. The devil's a liar. God loves you. And in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. So come out of your Egypts and live like royalty. Like the song said early on in our service, we used to be beggars. Now we're royalty. Think about that, right? We used to be the beggars. And now we've become the sons and daughters of the king. That's huge. So in conclusion, holiness of life is not the privilege of a chosen few. It is the obligation, the call, and the will of God for every Christian. That's from Mother Angelica. Are you all ready to come into deeper realms of holiness? I have a prophetic word for you. Get ready. Get ready. God's doing a new thing. You've been crying out for some freedom. You've been crying out for some renewal. You've been crying out for some transformation. Get ready. It's coming. Get ready. People, get ready. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You say, I don't even know how to pray. It doesn't matter. 
God knew that. He knew that ahead of time. He says, it's okay, son. It's okay, daughter. Maybe you're in that place where you can't even pray. My spirit will pray for you. My spirit in you, who knows you better than you know yourself, will pray on your behalf for your breakthroughs. Do you believe that? The Holy Spirit in you is praying for your breakthrough on your behalf. And because of that, it's coming to you. Wake up, O oh sleeper. Shake off that, ah, what do you call that? Spell, right? And know that God loves you and that your breakthroughs are coming. Your miracles are coming. You've already experienced them and they're coming again. So get ready. Do you agree with this? Will you meditate upon that this week? Will you set your heart to meditate on God loves me. He's at work in me. The Holy Spirit's interceding and my breakthrough's coming. I want you to think about that. I want you to meditate on that. I want you to journal concerning that and get ready for the breakthroughs. In closing, I'm going to lead you in a prayer if you're comfortable in praying with me. So I'm going to read the prayer first. And then after I read it, if you say, yeah, I'm comfortable, I'd like to pray that prayer, then I'm going to have you stand to your feet. And then I'm going to pray that prayer, and you can follow after I read. You can just pray that prayer with me. Prayer changes things. Prayer is a dynamic that changes our lives, can even change the world that we live in. The Father says, you have not because you ask not. Jesus says, ask in my name. I, I'm really eager to meet your needs. I'm eager to answer your prayers, to demonstrate my love for you. Not that every prayer is answered the way we want, but many are, and it thrills our souls. And the ones that he withholds, he withholds for his own good pleasure and purpose, for our benefit. So we can be thankful even for that. Prayer changes things. Here's the prayer. Let me read it first. Father, you are holy. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. As a result, you have caused me to be born again. You have made me one of your own children. I belong to you, and you belong to me. You have made me holy. I am holy unto you. Help me now to enter into the beauty of that holiness. Transform me. Disciple me. Grow me up in your ways. I want to be like you. I will be like you. Thank you in Jesus' name. That's the prayer. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And those that are comfortable and would like to pray that with me, I will lead you in this prayer as a close to this teaching. Repeat after me. Father, you are holy. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. You have made me one of your own children. You have caused me to be born again. I belong to you. You belong to me. You have made me holy. I am holy unto you. Help me now to enter into the beauty of holiness. 
Transform me. Disciple me. Grow me up in your ways. I want to be like you. I will be like you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.